A warm welcome to Dragon Dafus podcast. Uh, today we are actually doing something different. We are going to be checking out Alpine, and we are actually also going to be trying to fix Alpine, if you know what I mean. So basically, we are going to be going into the in depths of Alpine as a Formula One team, and we're going to try and fix the entire team from the inside out. So we're going to look at the head-to-head statistics that we can found at Formula One Reddit, the official. Formula One Reddit. I'm not sure if it's official or unofficial, or whatever. Um, but here's the thing: if you compare Fernando Alonso with Esteban Ocon, you'd find this qualifying in qualifying. His highest position for Fernando Alonso has been second, for Esteban Ocon it has been fifth. But the best race finish for both the drivers has been fifth. So the qualifying situation for both the drivers, Fernando Alonso is obviously, you know, the better driver. Qualifying, I would say eight times Fernando has outqualified Esteban. Five times Esteban has outqualified Alonso. So Alonso is again overall qualifying pace. Alonso is way ahead of the league of Ocon. Ocon, however, shines in this regard of having 50% of the DNFs. What I mean, 50%? Well, Fernando has two DNFs. Esteban has only one. So there's that, and that is probably the only reason he's actually has 58 points compared to Fernando's 41. Big gap there, but yes, that is the, the truth. If you look at Esteban Ocon and Fernando Alonso, the one thing they tie on is best race finish. That is also fifth for both of them. So if you look at it from a specific perspective, the best grid position after qualifying is second for Fernando. So he, the the best he's qualified is second, but the best he's finished is fifth. And you can sure you can say that the cars for Alpine are not really, not even close to being competitive to let's say Mercedes or Red Bull or Ferrari. So the fact that he's getting second is a very big thing. But again, the fact that he can get second, but he cannot finish in the top three, it's it's weird. Either of them have zero podiums now. Um, yeah, sure. It's it's weird that he has, he does not have a podium yet, but it's not it's not like it's completely a turn off. You know, it's it's not like it should. It's 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 a common knowledge that you should get a podium or something. No, that's not that's not what I'm trying to get at here. The thing I'm trying to get at here is that there's a lot of stuff. That the team has to do on the pace of the car. If you look at the car and the pace, you will actually find that if you okay, in terms of pace, it's good. Okay, it's good. It's not that high, not that low. Good. One place where you could fix and instantly see a better performance would be reliability. You have to be what we call in Hindi as a lumbi race ka gora. Okay, that translates to English as a race horse of endurance races, not sprint races, endurance races. You have to be able to survive across the season with minimal DNFs. Also, not just outright sheer number of DNFs, but relative DNFs with the teams. Above you, 
and the teams below you. So let me just showcase this. If you look at the sim in the same head-to-head -head post, you look at Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc. Okay, Charles has been consistently outqualifying Carlos. Carlos was only able to outqualify Charles three times the in this year, and Charles was able to outqualify Sainz ten times. Ten versus three, no competition, right? But Carlos was overall more consistent compared to Charles. Sure, Charles had has 178 points, which is more than Carlos's 156. But you look up if you look at the stats, like on face value, Carlos has one extra podium. He has six podiums compared to Charles, five podiums. Carlos has matched uh, the best race finish and the highest grid position in qualifying, both being first. But the only difference is Carlos has one more DNF, one extra DNF. Carlos has DNF four times, Charles has DNF three times. Right? Another difference, the, the same thing I'm trying to point out in Alpine's case. In Alpine, it's a little more visible. Let's just say that. If you look at Alpine, you would see that Fernando also has great qualifying pace, but the car is just not good enough for the race pace. Okay, so you have to fix the pace, but you can't fix the pace overnight, right? You have to move up relative to the other teams. So the one way to actually go for go through with this is in my opinion, just fixing our reliability. Focus on reliability, okay? Every Formula 1 season is pointless. The reason I'm saying it's pointless is because Formula 1 is always viewed in the form of errors. 90s were the Schumacher era, right? The 2010 to 2014, that was like the Sebastian Vettel era. And then 2014 to 2020, that was like Lewis Hamilton era, okay? So either it's the era of the specific driver or it's the era of the team. Here we are fixing the team, not the driver. So we are going to refer to it as a team, right? So if you look at it from that perspective, then you have to listen, you have to think about this, that you have three DNFs in total, in total. Okay, you're not as bad as Alfa Romeo who had seven DNFs in total. Not as bad. Uh, Ferrari also has seven DNFs in total. You're not as bad as Haas, who have six DNFs in total. You're not as bad as Alpha Turi, which also has six DNFs in total. Okay, but you are firmly in the same category as in terms of in only and only in terms of DNFs. Aston Martin, they have three DNFs as well, and. In Aston Martin as well, the same pattern kind of is visible that, you know, if you talk about qualifying pace, it's again 8 versus 3. 8 versus 3. Sebastian Vettel has won 8 times, and if you look at it as a qualifying head-to-head, -head, Vettel has out-qualified Stroll 8 times. Stroll was able to return the favor only 3 times. Vettel has four times the points of Stroll. Stroll having four points, Vettel having 16. 
Vettel's best race finish was P6. Highest grid qualifying, P9. Not bad numbers. And they're very, very neck and neck. Okay, six races. Vettel has finished ahead of Stroll. Stroll being able to return the favor five times only. Difference of only one race, but still visible difference. Very similar, very similar to how Esteban Ocon and Fernando Alonso are. Esteban has finished ahead of Alonso in eight races. Alonso only able to reciprocate five times. But this is, again, very close margins. But it's the new guy leading in terms of race pace. Where Vettel is leading in overall pace. Fernando, on the other hand, is leading but only in qualifying pace. The first thing you need to do is try to not fire people randomly. Okay, I, I know there's been new, there's this new leadership at Alpine that is firing people randomly, left, right, and center. They fired, I think they fired Alan Prost. Um, the new leadership said that they don't need Alan Prost's uh, help or something. They don't need his advice or whatever. And like, first off, you need guards to just fire the Esteban Ocon. Uh, sorry, the Alan Prost. Okay, you don't need guards to fire Ocon, but you need guards, guards to fire Prost. Because first off, being French himself, he's, he's kind enough to help a French team. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, because in F1, there's no real nationality thing, right? There's no real national nationality pride or whatever in Formula 1. Because it's not like your national anthem is going to play anyway. <laughs> it's always going to be the national anthem of the team that plays if you win for your team. Here is the thing. If you clamp down on the DNFs. Let's say you work on the reliability, the, the option one I was giving you, where you were to completely diminish your DNFs in the second half or whatever of the season is left. Okay. Let's just say that you were doing that. What would happen? Let, let's just look at it objectively. What would happen? Let me tell you what would happen. You are fourth in the constructors. The person in third, the team in third is Ferrari. We all know about Ferrari strategies. All you have to do, all you have to do is just get, just push the Ferrari strategists enough that they fumble. That's all, that's all you have to do. That's literally all you have to do. Let me tell you how. Let me tell you how. So if you don't, if you're not going to get DNFs, you're going to start consistently scoring. You're going to put Ferrari under pressure. What will happen is that you would have this situation where the Ferrari drivers are just going to, you know, um, I don't know, like they're, they're, the Ferrari drivers are going to try to do their best, but again, it's going to go down to the same thing over again. What is that same thing? The Ferrari strategy is going to repeat what happened in, you know, what it's going to, they're going to repeat what happened in, 
what do you say in uh, uh, in Hungary what happened in the Hungarian GP they're gonna repeat that you know because Ferrari strategists at their best you know once they're under pressure they don't need to remove they don't need to you know do anything for in that situation you know you don't need to do anything once you you put Ferrari strategist under pressure. Once Ferrari strategists are under pressure, you don't need to do shit if if you realize that. It's it's just that same thing that the last time they came out on the race, Ferrari strategists ruined the race for the Ferrari drivers. They went from P1 and P3 to P3 and P6 or something like that. So it's it's not like it's easy or whatever. It's just that it's going to be better the more you put them under pressure they're going to do the job for you you don't need to do anything about, about that they're going to do the job for you the second option that you have is going to be very very weird it's it's going to be very very bad you know um the second option is not not bad per se but more risky actually the risk involved is very is very very subjective as in the risk uh, involved is pretty much that it's you, you need to put a lot of pressure on the factories back home because you'll need a lot of R&D development coming in really quickly and just treat this as the final few legs or the final few laps of a 10,000 meter endurance race in the Olympics, you know, the athletics, Olympics, that kind of a 10,000 meter race, you just consider this is the final 400 or 800 or 200 or 100 meters and you push all in, you know, the final, final explosive energy, the sudden explosion that happens in energy, you need that. That is really hard. That That is really hard. That, that is nigh impossible. Okay. Nigh impossible with the budget Alpine has. You know, and there's this thing from Kunal Shah, who is you know if you I, I don't know if you know him or not, but he is the host of the Inside Line F1 podcast, one of the podcasts that actually motivated me uh, to start this podcast, if not the podcast that motivated me to start this podcast. Back in the day when I listened to these uh, the this podcast Inside Line. It would be hosted by Kunal and Mithila. Now Mithila is a mother, so uh, Mithila is kind of not not. I wouldn't say replaced because I'm not in any place of authority to say she's been replaced or whatever. But um, it's just that Somil Arora, who was back in the day, you know, like once a once in a blue moon kind of an appearance, who who would kind of be his appearance would kind of be like. Captain America lifting the Mjolnir in Avengers Endgame or something, and they're coming out of nowhere, <laughs> and just the crowd goes crazy, and Somalero arrives early, that sort of stuff. Now it's a regular thing. Okay, <laughs> now it's a very regular thing. People are very habitual of having Somalero on the podcast now. But it's a thing. Kunal actually posted this on his Twitter, and I actually took permission before I put out this. I am actually showcasing this on the podcast right now. Actually took permission. And this is the thing. He says, if Fernando Alonso could leave Alpine and go off to Aston Martin, uh, Kunal says that he wouldn't rule out 
Daniel Ricardo leaving McLaren for Alpine either, which is very, very interesting. Because here's the thing, the way we are looking at it from right now, from the bird's eye view, obviously, as, as you know, uh, as the audience, we don't know what's happening behind the scenes with Alpine, you know. But it's clearly visible that Piastri is actually less inclined to go into Alpine and Alonso is leaving Alpine when Alpine is fourth in the constructors and moving to Aston Martin, which is way down. Okay? And this kind of gives me a signal that something is going on in Alpine, something shady, something fishy that is driving away the drivers from joining the team. So I don't know how his thing is going to work because he later says that it's apparent that McLaren no longer has have patience for Ricardo, which is true. They'll be super pleased with the rung, with the young, fun, Oscar Piastri, which is also true. But right now we're going to talk about Piastri. Okay, we're not going to talk about Piastri. We're going to talk about Alpine. Okay, in Alpine's case, if this happens, if this happens, Daniel Ricardo, you don't know if it's Ricardo's form. What's in Ricardo's head? Because again, we are the audience. We're not the people living with Ricardo 24-7. We're not his pit crew. We're not his uh, race engineer. We're not his boss. We're not his family. We're not his friends. We don't know what's in, in his head. And we kind of straight up ask. Right? <laughs> if we ask straight up in his face, <laughs> there's a big chance that he's not going to say the truth. Or there's a big chance that he might not be very straightforward with us. Right. Um, if we look at this in this specific sense, then Ricardo might as well. There are two options. He might get his form back. He might lose his form again, or like like he might continue like performing bad. But again, Alonso is only performing better in qualifying. In the race such a situation, it's very very similar to what it's doing. What Ocon is doing, you know, in the, in the races, Ocon is performing quite better you know upon his higher points less dnfs the same best race position finish you know has outperformed alonso three more times so it's not a loss for alpine just just try it bro like try it you know like um just try getting ricardo because i'm pretty sure mclaren uh, i don't even i don't see mclaren renewing the contract because Kunal further in the next tweet says the risk in letting Ricardo go and hiring Piastri is very little. Which is true if you think about it from a specific point of view. If McLaren lets go of Ricardo and Alpine gets Ricardo, okay, instead of Piastri, if Alpine gets Ricardo, and we know when Ricardo is given a good car, how he can perform. Ricardo has performed very well with the Renault and Alpine is just rebranded Renault with a new leadership, sure, but it's just not, you know, like, it's it's not the same, but it's not all that different either. The cars, the, I, I would say the leadership has changed, sure, uh, that if, if that puts off Ricardo, if that is, if that is putting off Ricardo, that, that, then it's a big problem, but in general, it shouldn't, in a general sense. You know, um, because he has already worked with the team, so the people, the race engineers, I would believe the pit crew, the 
engineers, the other people on the garage, the PR team, the marketing team, everybody is, I'm guessing, mostly the same. They would know Ricardo, Ricardo would know them. It would actually be a good working environment. As long as he does not piss off the leadership because then they're gonna fire him like they fired Alan Prost. That's a big thing. So, unless that happens, um, it can be something weird. Um, but again, here's this question. I'm gonna leave you with the question Kunal asked, okay? Would Alpine miss the Alonso Sand chance to let their star junior driver have a go in their own F1 season, in their own F1 car? This is a big question, right? So, so would Alpine take the chance? What do you think? Um, just reply on Twitter. You would find my Twitter in the show notes in the show description rate the episode five stars rate the podcast five stars if you're liking this and um yeah uh some episodes only a few episodes that i feel need to reach larger public will go onto youtube otherwise they won't because converting this audio into youtube is really hard so with this uh i am guessing this is about it and um bye